Hey there, and welcome to Brave Business Triumphs in partnership with Next, a growth acceleration agency. In our customer and control world, it's critical to understand that your business and your brand need to be more connected than ever before. Check out each episode with host Doug Longenecker and his special guests as they check in with growth-minded leaders and their organizations, exploring why and how they strive to make their businesses more personal and their brands more human. Learn from their inspiring stories of uphill battles, perseverance, and what it takes to make the necessary bold moves with confidence. Get ready, because here we go. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of Brave Business Triumphs. Today, we are thrilled to have Jennifer Jakubowski on the show with us. Jennifer is an entrepreneur not only at heart, but in practice as well. She has a well-established consulting business, Bridges to Japan, that is designed to overcome cultural communication and business differences between Japan and the United States with an end goal of a more enjoyable, strategic, and successful relationship for all parties involved. More recently, Jennifer has founded a startup, purpose-driven organization called Officially Bionic that is based on her own personal experience with a total hip replacement at the young age of 43. The mission is to acknowledge the issues and concerns of people who live with bionic orthopedic replacements and to celebrate their decision to take back their lives and active lifestyles. With that, we welcome Jennifer to Brave Business Triumphs. Hi, Jennifer. I'm so excited to have you on as a guest today. We've talked about doing the podcast for quite some time, and it's a pleasure to finally be speaking with you in this forum. I love what your company and your community of Officially Bionic is all about and happy to help you advance your mission that going bionic is an empowering experience worth celebrating. Hi, Doug. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to talking to you. Yeah, like you said earlier, this, is, this has been um, a bit in the making just between our schedules and, and uh, travel, so it, it's great to actually have this, this work out today. Yep, that's how life goes sometimes. Yep. Well, I wanted to um, just to, to talk about um, how you got into the, the current entrepreneurial situation that, you're, that you find yourself in now. So how did, how did you find yourself getting into this, this business ownership? And I guess more importantly, how do you find yourself as a would-be spokesperson for patients and or recipients of bionic orthopedic replacements? Uh, sure. That's a, that's a great question to start with. Uh, and you know, Doug, it's certainly not a path I would have envisioned for myself even five years ago. Um, when I was 43, I was experiencing pretty bad pain in my left hip. And you know, I didn't really think much of it because I had had a pretty severe case of bursitis in that hip when I had played soccer throughout high school and college. So I just assumed it was a flare up of that and nothing that a cortisone shot couldn't take care of. Right. I, I went forward and did all the physical therapy tricks I'd learned in the past and it just kept getting worse. And you know, eventually I did go to an orthopedic doctor to get a shot to calm it down. And uh, an x-ray revealed I had bone on bone arthritis. Um, Ouch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't really think I've ever been so shocked in my entire life. Um, and my doctor told me right then and there on the spot that the only remedy ultimately would be a total joint replacement. Um, you know, it's something, at, at, especially at that age, at 43, I really couldn't, couldn't wrap my head around that. So it was, it was a tough pill to swallow. Right. I mean, that's something that you think would happen to, to you, and not just you, but um, any of us until we're later in life. Exactly. And I think that's something I've learned over this process that's, that's been really valuable and surprising is that this is the, the changing face of this community um, is incredible. I think in the past, probably 
most of us only knew someone who, who was, you know, I'm going to say this gingerly, but older, uh, much older, mm-hmm. and, and kind of their parts are worn out and, and maybe not as active anymore. And certainly, you know, certainly that it's inevitability for a lot of people still, but I've just been blown away at the number of uh, younger people I've learned of that are, that are going through this. So I wish I had known that at the time. That was that's what made this so daunting for me to, to get that, to get that diagnosis. So. Yeah, I guess, I guess. So you, so to have a, an additional resource or, or, um, you know, community to go to that, that, that not only just embraces what you're, what you're going through, but can empathize what you're going through. Exactly. And that's, that's part of what I'm hoping to build with, officially bionic um i you know in my case i i recall very distinctly going home and i had plans to go uh, kayaking with a friend that day and i saw her and i just i just started crying i i i had a hard time telling her what was going on and mm. and i was in i was in denial for a long time i would say it probably was a good solid year of uh, soldiering through pretty significant pain and gradually um just not really doing much physically, which was, was very unlike me. Um, so it took me a good year, I would say, to commit to the surgery. And um, and once I did, I had such an amazing, positive overall experience. I mean, I, literally, I was in less pain a day or two after my surgery than, than the day before the surgery. Um, so, you know, of course, I don't want to make this sound like it was easy. Rehab took time and work and had a lot of support, but I really felt, I really felt like I reclaimed my life. Both in a yeah, in a physical sense, uh, for sure, and and mentally as well. Like I right. Feel like my body was failing me at a young age, and that I was very limited in what I could do, and that was that was very difficult mentally. Um, so the, you know, it was it was really reclaiming my life on two fronts: the, the physical and the the mental front, which I think is an important message for people to to take in you know, after facing this. So. Um, I, uh, you know, and, and generally speaking, I think it's less than, uh, exciting for anyone to go into surgery, uh, you know, for sure. But when I reflect on, on my journey, I, I'm just amazed that mostly what I felt was a sense of empowerment and celebration and gratitude, um, that, that I was able to kind of get myself back. So back to your <laughs> question, Doug. Of, uh, no, it, it does, because I'm and I'm thinking, you know, I've gone through a couple broken bones, ankle and foot, and wow. you know, you're 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 out of commission for a bit, but you know, within eight to twelve weeks, with with um, with with time to to recuperate after the cast comes off, you, you, you think and you know pretty much that everything's going to be back to normal at some point, but mm-hmm. with with joint pain and joint replacement that's that's not that vision isn't isn't always there that hey everything's going to be fine as soon as we just work work through the the surgery and and the recovery phase fair enough yeah and and i think that to go through this process from the start to you know i want to say at this point the finish for me because i'm four or five years out of surgery and and feel pretty much you know back to myself um but it, it's before you go through that, it's it's hard to envision that you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I love that 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 from that experience, you you've had that epiphany to really you know process it for yourself, but then also have the 
the, the desire and the will to help other people kind of fight through that, that, that decision-making process and, and the, the, the physical as well as the emotional pain, if you will, to, to get to the other side. And that, that speaks exactly to your original question of, of ending up here that, yeah, I guess this could have been a, a one and done for me. And I, I just, I felt something bigger in it. Um, and it kind of, it started on somewhat of a shallow level, I think, and looking in some of my downtime after the surgery, looking for some fun, fun gear with my friends, like on a fun t-shirt or something. And, mm-hmm. um, and just, they're out there. Uh, I didn't find anything that really spoke to me. Uh, and, you know, you have a lot of downtime when you're sitting in here <laughs> for two weeks and going through rehab and started to work on some artwork on paper, which ultimately I needed a graphic designer to translate into uh, into reality. But and I thought, you know what, I can I can build this brand on my own and, and instead of it, it necessarily being a you know one off t shirt or one off coffee mug, um, you know, let's address the whole range of the bionic community. So that was kind of the the initial impetus and then again to this emotional point that we spoke about uh, another I would say another motivating factor that brought me here was having felt really alone uh, leading up to the surgery of course I had amazing support from friends and family and my doctors but again I you know I was the only one I knew of at my age who had, had a hip replacement and wished that I had had some sort of community to lean on so, so I want to help uh, I want to help create that and uh, yeah. Well, that's something I never really, I never really thought about. It's the, it, there's the, the physical, emotional isolation component to mm-hmm. it. Yes. And I think that that, if you speak with people, and I've, I've gotten to know a lot of people in the past handful of years between the surgery itself and, and launching officially Bionic, I think that's a common thread is feeling, you know, feeling alone and wanting, wanting a community and wanting that support. And fortunately, more and more with social media, we're, you know, we're getting there. Mm-hmm. So, but, um, but your, the second part of your question is about being a uh, spokesperson for the community. And, um, you know, I want to be really careful about using that word because I'm, I'm very aware that everyone's journey is different. Sure. Yeah. And, and, some of them significantly more challenging and less successful than others. And, uh, you know that not everyone sees this process as something celebrated. Um, you know the, the inspiration from the brand came from me feeling that way, but I have to recognize that not everybody is going to be in that same space. So, you know, I hope that I hope that as the officially bionic community, uh, we can help people to get to a place of positivity and celebration, but. You know, I, I do realize that's going to come at a different pace and cost depending on the individual. So what I, I think I can offer is to be uh, or consider myself a spokesperson of sorts for, for those who have been able to embrace the journey in a celebratory way. And, uh, hopefully over time, more and more people will, will uh, fall into that category. Yeah, I, uh, hopefully, I, I hope your vision comes true as well. And you were just, you've been mentioning something in this, just in this, this first um, uh, question and answer. It's even in, it's built into the, the name of your company, but officially Bionic. But when you delve mm-hmm. into it, and what you're touching on at the end here is that it's you know not everyone views it as celebratory, but there is a a spirit and a a, a I guess a welcoming spirit around your community and, and business 
where mm-hmm. it's a club, the Bionic Club. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the only thing you really need at this point for membership is to have, um, you know, gone through a procedure and have some sort of re- replacement joint or um, mm-hmm. man-made element, I guess, in your body. And sure. there's that sense of welcoming them to the club. And I, I, re- I really like that, that sentiment. Um, but I didn't know if you had could share with us, you know, why is that so central to your, your brand and your business? Sure. Um, you know, I think for a couple of reasons, Doug. Um, a lot of the bionic folks I've spoken with feel that the surgery or whatever, whatever procedure they had is somehow a, a badge of honor, a badge of courage, um, kind of a recognition of having gone through something challenging that others have gone through as well. Um, maybe not in the exact same way. Um, certainly, again, everyone's experience is different, but something that they have in common. So, uh, yeah, so a club of sorts. And, um, and secondly, and I've, I've, I've thought about this a lot, um, I think even before Bionic was in the works, it's always been interesting to me how people want to be associated with groups. Uh, I think there's some some underlying component of human psychology, and I'm not a not a psychologist, so doing a little bit of armchair here, but <laughs> you know, where uh, human beings crave association with things and a belonging to something. You know, I mean, you see it everyday driving, right? You'll see cars with 26.2 stickers on the back. Yeah. They want to show they've been associated with running marathon, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or people have you know plastered the names of their colleges or fraternities or where they vacation. Um, you know, it's all a display of something they're proud of belonging to, and clubs, if you will, uh, that yeah. they want to be associated with. So, yep. and it's a badge of honor, and and you know, it's even that kind of just intuitive in the know. When when you mentioned that twenty six point two sticker, so if you're a, if you're a fellow mar- marathoner, you know, you just you, you kind of get that wink to the to the person in front of you. Exactly, and I I don't think that officially Bionic's any different than that, and in some ways. Uh, maybe compared to where someone vacations, it's it's an even deeper level of that um, emotionally and, and journey-wise. So, yeah, so I would say those are probably the two elements uh, as they as they relate to the the club uh, the club aspect, and uh, gives it a, gives it kind of a fun vibe as well. I think. Yeah, I, I agree. And and another element or component I think that adds to the the vibe is the the word and and use of bionic. Mm-hmm. And that has that has different connotations um, to different people, and probably split out um, maybe more differently by uh, age demographics. Sure. But I was wondering how that's being perceived, not only within within um, members of your club, but even in the medical and and uh, patient communities. You know, I think we're still really testing those waters, Doug. Um, I, it's it's been. One of the areas that I'm trying to pay a lot of attention to, because I I think this is a bit of an emerging trend um, to use the word bionic, and and most people that I've introduced officially bionic to get it right away, right? That having some piece of hardware or metal installed that makes you better or stronger gives you bragging rights of being quote unquote bionic. Um, you can see that if you go to any of the support groups uh, and social media people going into different surgeries saying, you know, I'm about to be bionic or just got out and I've got a bionic hip. So 
it is it, it's out there. Um, it might be it might be a little bit lost on the under conditions. Maybe they didn't deal with the Bionic Woman series, but um, at any rate, whether or not it's technically accurate in the true sense of the word bionic, I'm not sure, but it's certainly gaining traction in the vernacular. Um, yeah, well, it's it's interesting because I, I kind of grew up with the the, uh, the the bionic man and the bionic woman and the the better, faster, stronger sort of introduction they had to to the show. And you got it right away, I bet. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that that clicked right away. And, and even though the reference point might be slightly different from what the TV show was, that was just a fictional TV show, and this is real life. So um, this is probably even more accurate. And you know what's funny is I think that uh, social media and the population has a way of helping to define certain terms as well, and I think that might be happening here. Um, and it really, I challenge anyone to go and look on any kind of support group and within ten entries not find somebody referring to an orthopedic procedure as bionic. So, kind of banking on that and looking at um, looking at officially bionic to to put that that association more boldly on the map that's part of the fun challenge too yeah yeah nice um and it's a it's a, a worthy challenge at that Stay now tuned. <laughs> yeah but <laughs> in referencing um bionic not only in the name but in in these just the with the, the club and the membership you know what do you see as one of the biggest challenges your business faces when it comes to differentiating the role and value in the community that you're creating and serving? Oh, well, I think it's a good challenge to have, but at the moment, I think, I think the biggest challenge is determining where best to focus energies and resources. Mm -hmm. We're looking at an audience that's just absolutely massive. There were, there were more than a million joint replacements just in the U.S. last year, and this is a number that's expected Know, to store three, four million a year in the next handful of years. So there are a number of reasons for this. The technology is getting better. People are wearing things out, being active at a younger age. But the audience, the existing audience and the future audience are both massive. So, mm -hmm. which is, again, it's a good challenge, right? You don't want an audience of five people. Right. Um, but figuring out the most impactful channels, uh, you know, certainly, especially as a, a fledgling company, you can't you can't invest in everything. You can't invest time and resources in everything. So figuring out the most impactful challenges is certainly a strategic challenge. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I would add to that, and, and you know this, you've been in business for yourself. You know, introducing a new brand from scratch is is tough. I mean, especially in a world that's so crowded with information and, and so fast paced. You know, people's attention span is getting shorter and shorter and visuals even on social media or advertisement or flashing across people's screens. So kind of catching attention as a new brand um, is, is tough. Uh, I, think, I think anybody, unless they get very lucky and pushing the right button at the right time, um, as an entrepreneur can relate, you know, to relate to that. Um, but I, you know, I think that the advantage that Officially Bionic has is that we're truly unique. Um, there's mm -hmm nothing like us out there right now you know sure there there are a few t-shirt t-shirts or coffee mugs uh and the likes who've had orthopedic for people who've had orthopedic work done but um there's no one that's trying to build an active support community in addition to offering 
uh, a full line of merchandise spanning multiple orthopedic procedures. Right, and I, you know, from from my perspective, that just that just that should bode pretty well because there's an inherent genuineness and authenticity to what you're trying to achieve. It's not just a, a business trying to you know make a make a, a quick buck off of off of uh, merchandise to to patients that happen to share a you know a, a similar procedure. Yes, and you know keep in mind that, that I think as as the uh, the founder of Bionic, what I have most to my advantage is having gone through this experience, and it was uh, it's been a very emotional journey, and I. I have had times when I'm having similar discussions um, to this, and I, I wouldn't rule it out here that I get choked up and I get emotional talking about this. Mm -hmm. It's not something I expected to happen to me. I'm proud of what I went through. Uh, it was not always easy, and um, it's, it's an emotional journey. And I, I imagine pretty much anyone who's gone through this has a similar set of emotions. Um, so I, I think that that's, I think that's an advantage as well. And, um, you know, once we gain more traction, we're going to soar. It's just to, back to your question, uh, I think the biggest challenge is just getting that initial traction and brand recognition within, within the, the community. You know, uh, yeah. So in, in facing that challenge, um, how are, how are you, you utilizing digital experiences or social media, uh, to help really leverage your, your presence and, and overcome that challenge? Well, this is, uh, <laughs> this is one of my big learning curves, Doug. Um, okay. Prior, prior to launching Officially Bionic, pretty much the extent of my social media has been, um, you know, passively engaging with Facebook. So I've had to, uh, with some help, uh, identify which social media outlets and channels um, are most relevant to the demographics I'm trying to reach. Mm -hmm. um, and, and one thing that's been incredibly helpful is discovering just how many resources there are for folks facing these orthopedic procedures um, on Facebook alone. Yeah. We've identified probably 20, 25 groups for people, support groups, mm -hmm. for joint replacements or, you know, some other kind of orthopedic uh, intervention. You got amputee support groups, back surgery support groups, hip surgery support groups. Um, so right there, that's that's one of the areas I'm trying to focus on is engage in those communities and, and tap in tap into those uh, relevant audience members just to start dialogue, see what concerns are, see what celebrations are, and and also you know start to establish a, a bit of a foothold in the community. Um, you know, and the, the whole point, Doug, is to build a purpose-driven community. And yeah. through social media, uh, we're trying to tap into audiences that align with, with that purpose. And I think time, again, because it's a crowded space, but um, what, what's nice, and, and I imagine some business owners who have started businesses, and I put myself in that category before the age of social media is, you know, now, now you have the advantage of so much exposure um, and, and, in a sense, advertising that's, that's free through social media. That um, didn't exist. When I started my first business, it was got, you know, going out and getting the press and hard brochures, and all of those things are still important. Right. Trying to, trying to leverage the, the social media 
uh, world is um, is a big focus right now. Yeah, and it's I think it's it's really important too to be able to to do that to have that that give and take um, with with other similar communities and just expand you know from a from a a business side it helps expand your presence but from the community side it really shows again a genuine interest of what patients and people are going through not only to to make this decision uh, but understanding the pain that they go through up to that point and then into the the recovery phase of things and i i feel fortunate that that comes very naturally and it's very authentic yeah and that's and that's the that's the human part that that's even in a digital world probably isn't it is still needed and necessary and, and welcomed. Sure. And you know what? Beyond that, Doug, Doug uh, you're, you're the marketing guy in the room. So I humbly acknowledge <laughs> that and uh, <laughs> help me out with anything I'm missing. No, sure. I think you're, you're definitely headed in the right, right direction. Uh, especially, you know, in this, this, this dual kind of role of, of community and, and business. And within that bionic community, um, I guess I've been learning that there's, just from our discussions here, that there's probably a number of different subgroups of, of people. I mean, you mentioned at the top, even subgroups of different types of joint re replacement uh, between uh, back fusion patients, joint replacement patients, or even prosthetic patients. Sure. Is there anything you need to be mindful of with regard to these subgroups, or is it sort of just kind of um, one size fits all, or just, um, or does it have to be customized experiences? Sure. Um, you know, I'm glad you asked this, and I would say it's a little bit of both um, things to be mindful of and uh, one size fits all element. Um, I, I think I've touched on this, but I am incredibly sensitive to the fact that some people's journeys are more difficult than mine was. You know, whether it's someone who lost a limb or has other factors that prevent them from, uh, from reclaiming their lives to the extent that I consider myself to have done. Perhaps it's a surgery that did not go well. Perhaps they have a host of other medical issues. Um, so there are definitely a lot of people in the bionic community I would consider as having had a, a much more challenging journey than mine. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, in that regard, it's, it's important to me to hear the voices of the different subgroups and individuals within the subgroups to hopefully avoid being tone deaf in approaching or messaging. I'm very fearful of that and I use that word very carefully because I'm not a fear-based person but because I think there's such an element of emotion um, to this to this whole initiative uh, I, I want to be really careful about that sure. now, it's tricky I'm sure there'll be some missteps but I, I don't want to lose sight of that and I'm going to continue to reach out and solicit feedback and reactions from various parts of the community Mm -hmm. That speaks to the uh, the area that I feel I need to be most mindful or would like to be most mindful. Um, you know, on the other hand, though, there is a commonality of theme that runs through all the subgroups and, and essentially defines the brand. Yeah, I, I guess to some degree, the, the idea of and the notion of in some way, shape or form, people are, are regaining their, their, their life. Exactly. Yeah. And then, and then this desire to celebrate having gone through this, uh, in most cases, a pretty, pretty significant orthopedic experience and, and somehow come out stronger on the other side. 
mm -hmm. and, as you said, reclaim their lives. So I think that, that that common thread runs throughout the community, but again, whole bunch of individuals and subgroups that have had different experiences. So uh, I think the, the, the key for me as the leader is to be mindful of both of them and, and strike the right balance, hopefully. Yeah, and that's that might that might be a, a bit of a bit of a learning curve as as you go through things as as you mentioned. But um, I think you've got the, all the right elements in place in terms of being, you know, listening and monitoring and, and getting feedback and listening to feedback. That's the best way to to move forward. Hopefully, hopefully, it's, yeah. it's very humbling. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you you've entered into this, the world of of startups, and one of the concepts associated with concepts kind of shifting gears a little bit is risk and risk as a natural part of of this territory of, of business and, and startup businesses you know how would you start to assess the the phrase playing it safe is risky business for an organization today or you know how would you also apply that to a patient's decision to undergo a bionic orthopedic replacement surgery of some sort hmm. well you like these two-part questions you're keeping me on my toes Doug. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I think there's a need to be bold or unique, to stand out, and you know, this, the world has so much noise right now, um, and especially with the increased use of social media and just information overload in general, um, and it's, it's important to somehow stand out, and to do that, you have to take risks, right? Mm -hmm. um, for me, uh, it was probably the, the, the biggest risk involved that was a very deliberate um, thought process to arrive there was deciding to take take the leap and start with several products and designs all at once. I think originally I had an experience with a hip replacement and thought, okay, I'll make this cool, fun product that's focused on hipsters. Mm -hmm. But I somehow I somehow felt that it needed to be bigger than that to get attention. So. Uh, took took the leap and started with with several different products and designs all at once. So I think that investment's starting to pay off. Um, people people are able to see an overarching theme and purpose to the brand as opposed to just a a one off one off product. Um, right. Yeah, and it also allows me to reach out to several different communities right up front. Um, so in terms of investment from my end, that was definitely a risky approach, but uh, it seems to be seems to be having the intended effect. Um, so stay tuned to see to see if we stay on that path, but so far so good. Um, and your question as it pertains to patients, um, I would say, you know, really playing it safe translates to settling for a compromised quality of life. Mm. And I think that most people decide in the end that that's not an option. Right. You know, I think if you talk to most patients, they'd tell you it was the only decision they could make. Um, at least in the case of, of joint replacement and back, back patients I've spoken with, um, mm -hmm. and they, they just wish they hadn't waited so long. Um, so yes, it's a risk, but I also feel like it's a risk that people are just faced head on with and really don't see an alternative solution unless they, unless they want to risk completely compromising their lives. And it, it sounds dramatic, but I really do, I do feel that. Well, that's an interesting phrase, compromised way of life. And, you know, for people who have enjoyed a very active lifestyle, that, that, is, that is, I'm sure, very difficult to get your head around. 
of having to, to live a compromised life. And to the extent that it's possible to remedy it, it becomes a no-brainer. Um, yeah. So, you know, and I think that's the importance of building a community around this so that people know that and feel that. I, I really wish I had some had someone whispering in my ear between my diagnosis and when I decided to have the surgery that, you know, look, you're going to get your life back. You're going to be, you're going to be more back to your, I never had that. So mm. I think that's, that's, that's important to me in this messaging. So, but, um, you know, I would say too, and, and I know speaking probably for both of us to some extent as entrepreneurs, you just risk is involved and, and that's just, that's part of the price of entry. And, uh, for better, yeah, for and just, and, and just, it's good to make it a, a calculated risk rather than just risk for risk sake and rather exactly. just real advice. Exactly, and going with your eyes wide open. Um, mm -hmm. I remember speaking not too long ago to a, a group of young adults on, um, on entrepreneurship and, and saying that, that is, that's one of the qualities you need to really look at yourself in the mirror and, um, and see, seeing your face and seeing your soul, that you're comfortable and you're going in with, with eyes wide open about there being risks. Now, it's not going to always be comfortable, but you need to be comfortable with the fact that it's comfortable, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it, it, it definitely definitely does. But we've got to get out of our comfort zones if we ever want to really advance in, in the ways we would like to. Exactly. And I think, I feel like I need to give a shout out to my parents here. I, I look like anyone who knows me knows that just by nature I'm a risk taker, probably, probably to some, some extremes. But, um, you know, I think back to... Some of the risks I took and uh, gosh how they not only tolerated me but supported me and, and gave me wings that were really amazing like that and well that's great to hear yeah I remember having a card on my refrigerator and I could I could swear that it was even my my mom who gave this to me and it's you've probably heard this saying it's the one thing every day that scares you <laughs> yeah you know? and I, I do I really try to live by that mantra I, I, yeah I get caught, caught up in a comfort zone I just I feel like I'm the passenger on my journey, not the driver. Right. Driver, it's way more fun that way. Mm hmm Definitely. It's scary, but you get to choose fun. where you go. Exactly, exactly. So <laughs> did that answer your question? Yeah, it, it did. It did. I really enjoyed that. In the um, we mentioned a little bit earlier in terms of the human side of the business and that sometimes that's driven through the community. What what are some of the ways you and officially Bionic are really trying to achieve a, a well-balanced approach between supporting a community and, and developing a, a business at the same time, maintaining a human aspect to things. That's a good question. Um, well, I think the good news for, uh, for me is that I would say officially Bionic's core messaging of positivity and celebration touches both bases, right? I mean, people want to find comfort when they're facing challenges in their lives, right? So they're they're drawn to community uh, or the, the human element, if you will. Mm -hmm. And um, you know they want to know that other people can somehow relate to their experience and give them hope while at the same time wanting to celebrate and and maybe you know even show off being part of something which which drives them to purchase stuff. So to me, that's the beauty of this brand is that the community or uh, quote unquote human aspect that you reference and the business aspect kind of organically roll into uh, into one. And, uh, you know, I, I say beyond that, that the, the message of, of reclaiming one's life is pretty universal, right? It, it, goes, yeah. it, it goes way beyond orthopedic events, right? The mm -hmm. human condition 
such as it is, uh, requires us to go through difficult times and come out on the other side stronger. Um, through, right. you know, through different phases of our lives, we all lose parts of ourselves at various times and, and rebuild and adapt because that's what we do. What we do as humans for survival, right? It might be, might be an orthopedic incident uh, or a death or a property loss, job loss, lost love, you know, you, you name it, they all require that we dig deep and have a rebirth of sorts to, to overcome the challenge. So, so in the end, I think, I think it's all about hope and the belief that we can overcome obstacles, and and I think that's what that's divine represents. Yeah, and overcoming obstacles is, is definitely a a a human character's characteristic, and it's something that's that's very aspirational, as well as um, universal. Yeah, and, but the celebratory nature of of officially bionic. You know, there's there's a human as I, I view it as a human aspect too, where you know, celebrate as an individual, but also as as family and friends, or even a larger extended group. Uh, there's sure. something communal about a celebration. Mm -hmm. What and I think communal. You just touched on in an important way. It it is. It's not just the person going through this experience. It's their their caretakers, whether it's the the doctor, the physical therapist, the nurses. Um, or the, the people at home, you know, that are waiting to help them out or bring them soup or drive them to therapy. It, it's a very, very communal experience. And you find, you find people wanting to celebrate that. I see some doctors sending notes to their patients. I see, um, you know, people buying gifts for their, their brother or, or father or mother, aunt, uncle, who've just been through something. So it is, it is a very communal experience. I'm glad you touched on that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm glad you're out there, you know, pushing that that aspect and relating that aspect to people because so many times the, the this is obviously a big thing in life, but people don't celebrate all the small things in life, and it's just it's good to make sure people acknowledge, you know, the the magnitude of overcoming something like this. Agree, hundred percent. You know. Um, one of the things that, that we my, my team deals with a lot, and, but it does come into and apply to businesses, is this notion of customer control, or customer control world that we all live and play in today. How would you describe this idea in relation to Officially Bionic? Hmm. Customer in control. Well, the customer, in the case of Officially Bionic, um, typically, unless it's a, a family member, it's someone who's been through the challenge of having had a major orthopedic mm -hmm. and, um, in most cases, and I'm, I'm aware again, it's not, not all cases, but the individual who in turn is often the customer is in control, right? They're in control of this great decision to have a surgery that holds the promise of, of enhancing their quality of life. So, so right there, they're in control from the get-go. Decision whether to do this or not is in their hands. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, so see that. But another, I would say, even more important element is that the individual also has the choice whether to lament that they have to have the surgery or that they've been cut into and they're not exactly the same, um, or or to celebrate that they were in the position. You know, through these wonders of modern medicine, and so many of us who have these um, surgeries are fortunate enough to have the the health insurance or the, the financial means to, to do this and to reclaim our lives. So 
a lot of the Bionic customers are choosing to celebrate, reclaiming their lives that they were able to do this, getting back in the game of life. So in this regard, they hold control as well, right? You can choose yep. to approach it as a mindset. Do I love that I have um, one more scar inside or outside my body? I really don't care about that. Do I love it? I'd rather, I'd rather not know that underneath that there's a piece of metal that may or may right. not uh, last for the rest of my life. <laughs> it's not ideal, okay? Let's yeah. You know, it's not ideal, um, and I can I can sit and bemoan that fact and, and feel sad about it, or I can say, holy cow, I can do pretty much anything I did pain-free, uh, you know, before surgery, and how amazing is that, and that I had insurance that could cover that, and that we have doctors that can do that without killing me. That's amazing, right? Yeah. So I think your frame Definitely. of mind is also another thing where the customer the customer has control. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think that was a great answer. And I, I know I kind of threw you a curveball there, but uh, you, you handled it pretty well. Thank you. Thank you. It's been all my years of softball, I think, Doug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, in, in the process and your experience of starting and launching officially Bionic, what, what, is, what do you recall as your best or favorite learning experience? Oh, well, I've certainly learned a lot. Um, I think I think I'd have to say that more than any one particular experience that comes to mind, Doug, it would be the range, um, the range and the totality of what I've learned. Mm. Yeah, I really love to roll up my sleeves and learn new things, and and in the beginning, uh, and to some extent still, but I've come a long way. Truly was a fish out of water in this line of business. So many regards. E-commerce, uh, new to me. Product sourcing. Holy cow. I mean, how many tries it took to get the quality of the bottle at the price point that I wanted. Right. I had to do that before in my prior business. Intellectual property law. Yeah. The ever of a career in intellectual property <laughs> law, I would caution <laughs> you against that, but learned a lot about that. Social media marketing. The medical field, it's, it's all been new to me. Um, you know, it, it's felt overwhelming at times, but also it's, it's exciting. And yeah, well, that's that's the fun of it, right? And, and, and uh, we kind of touched on that a little bit earlier of, of um, being complacent or just, you know, um, status quo sort of idea or, or being a, um, I guess it even kind of gets back to a, a compromised uh, way of life. As, as an entrepreneur and business owner, you're out there, you know, learning new things every day. Every day, every day. And what I appreciate about the world is there are a lot of people that um, enjoy uh, a routine and do not want that challenge or change. And we need, you know, we need both both types of personalities and everything in between to to touch all the bases in society. Well, that's an ex that's an excellent point. I was I was just listening to a a conference speaker in. And one of the, the points they were mentioning is there's very different types of employees where some like to do deep dives and have a project last, you know, a number of months. And there's other employees that, that have a more, their characteristic and, and preferred workflow is maybe not to go as deep, but get more done in a shorter amount of time. And exactly. there's, there's no right or wrong. It's just a, a, a different way of, of working. Exactly, and people have different hot buttons that motivate them. You know, some people are in it for the social aspect, some are in it for the 
goal goal orientation, some for the stability. You know, it's, it's what you're speaking to. It, it takes it takes all types. So, um, but I think another to that to your question, I think another element that's been really kind of neat about going into this new venture for me is being able to apply certain things I've learned from my consulting business. Oh. Yeah, a lot of that along along the way was self-taught, um, but I'm able to apply a lot of the things that I learned to, to Officially Bionics. So that's, it's been a nice mix of feeling mm -hmm. like I have solid business experience behind me that's relevant to any new business and also having a, um, <laughs> How should I put it? Very robust, very steep learning curve specific to this venture. So, right. That makes it exciting for me and, uh, and and sometimes terrifying, but not so exciting. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's it's comforting um, as as an individual in, in your position, right? To to know that you've got the strong foundation of of business to be able to know that and the confidence to be able to work through things as they come up that you may not be aware of or or have a a, a deep um, history of work behind sure that's fair and i i also think that one of the, the strongest and greatest lessons that i've learned over time is i know what uh, you know i i i don't completely know what i don't know but i know what i generally don't know and when to ask for help mm -hmm. i think for me that is really important in business i can't learn everything right i learn enough to know in a particular category when I need to reach out for help and when I can self teach. Um, so that's something I'm, I'm proud of over the years that I've acquired. And I think it's, I think it's important. I'm not, not always perfect at it, but um, I'm very modest in my approach. Yeah. To my <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's a great attribute to have, and it's also one to make other people aware of so they can, they can learn it and take, try and absorb and take on that attribute as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah. I hope, hopefully that's helpful to someone mm -hmm. out there. Well, um, back to the business of Officially Bionic. Where would you like to see Officially Bionic in the next five years? In every store and every... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, great question. And gosh, a lot of ways to answer that. I mean, uh, to narrow that down I, I mean i guess on a very basic level i'd love to see officially bionic become a a household name um across the country and it, it, at least among folks in the bionic community and their families mm -hmm. you know, that, that someone has seen and heard heard of this brand by the time they've gone through the process for for the two reasons we talked about uh, earlier number one to be able to offer support and number two that if they are going to go out and buy a celebratory novelty gift of sorts that this is the brand they want. So like, that would be fun on a very just core business level. And, um, you know, along the way, as we're able to build a bigger team um, that can execute that vision, uh, you know, it, it, it's doable. It's just going to take some time. So that's why I, I would put that in the five-year plan. Um, well, I, I, it sounds like you're well on your way, to be honest. Hopefully. Thank you. Yep. Fingers crossed, toes crossed. Yeah. <laughs> I have, I have days where it feels that way and days where I feel like I need four more energy drinks to uh, get through the day. That's <laughs> all part of the well, game. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with that feeling as well. <laughs> yeah, so um, in addition to that, a uh, couple more things jump to mind when you ask that. I would really love to have, uh, within the next five years, a handful of 
solid relationships with orthopedic groups uh, or hospitals that, that want to somehow associate with uh, or co-brand with Michelin Bionic. I know there are a lot of um, hospitals out there, and this was the case uh, for me as well. Um, I had my work done um, University Medical Center of Princeton, and I was in only one night and left in the morning with a t-shirt and a water bottle. And oh. both of them had both of them had the university uh, or the the medical center's logo on it, and but were rather flat otherwise. And I, I would just love for some groups to partner with Bionic and use our artwork and use our spirit and use our community uh, with their patients. So I'd probably put that as as number two and. Truthfully, I think what excites me or, or motivates me the most, though, is I, I, I want to get to a point, and I think five years is a reasonable benchmark for this, um, for planning purposes, is to, to generate enough profit that we can turn around and, and support um, individuals or groups. I, I'm not sure what that's going to look like yet, but um, that are in need of financial or, or other kind of support to be able to have this type of surgery. I talk Mm -hmm. about we, I don't want to take for granted that just anybody can go out and 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 do this. You know, there are financial uh, impediments. There's there's a lot of a lot of stuff that gets in the way for some people. And I would love to get to the point where we're generating enough income and profit that we can turn around and and give back in some kind of some kind of meaningful or impactful way. That would be that would give me 20 extra hours of energy a day if I get to that. Yeah. Point. Well, that's that's a very noble effort and cause, and it really helps drive the you know the the human touch and the humanness of of the, the company and the brand that you're building. I, that's that's really to be commended. I hope so. Hopefully, hopefully, it won't even take five years. But I'm trying to be trying to be a realist here. So. Right. Well, we we've made it through all our questions. We have the lightning round left. If you have some time. I do. Uh, whatever time you need me for, Doug. <laughs> All right. Lightning, lightning round sounds sounds like you're ready to uh, wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's uh, it it goes it go the whole the whole the whole interviews usually go very very quickly. It's just a, a blink of an eye. Yeah. In fact, truthfully, I forgot we were interviewing. I felt like we were just talking. So. Right. Well. Well. Good. That's that's what it's meant to to feel like. I don't want it to be, you know, some some bright light in your face, and we're we're giving you, uh, grilling you on, on questions of where you were on a certain particular day or night. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, with uh, just a couple of quick questions here, what is the last yeah. book you read? Last book I read. Uh, recently finished Toni Morrison's uh, "God Help the Child" for my uh, my book club. Yep, we read that as a tribute to her in light of her recent passing. Nice. Who was the last person you texted? Hold on, let me grab my phone. Yeah, my electrician. Ah. <laughs> Sorry, terribly exciting, but he, he is a really nice guy. Well, that's good. <laughs> uh, your favorite app? Oh, that's easy, Spotify. Really? Yep, I love having all that entertainment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it. and if you like the song by this artist, we'll recommend this to you. Yes, exactly, and the podcast, yeah. yeah, you can work on getting this podcast onto Spotify for us. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we're on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts, and I guess uh, Spotify is next. Excellent. 
who is your favorite celebrity entrepreneur? Oh, gosh. I think I'd have to go. I'm going to cheat here and give you two. I think I'd have to go with Bill Gates or Oprah. Um, they both, I think a lot of celebrities give back, but they both strike me as having an urgency to help others with their influence and wealth. Mm -hmm. and I, I agree. Uh, admirable to me. So Oprah or Bill Gates. All right. What's the most recent trip you took? Just got back a little more than a week ago from uh, Alaska. Oh. Yeah, I have, I have an old friend from many years ago who lives on the Kenai Peninsula. And, uh, not exactly peak tourism season. It was in the 20s, <laughs> 30s, and pouring <laughs> rain and, and sleep. But uh, it was absolutely stunning. Oh, well that, that would be a fantastic trip. Yep, got to see some whales too, so it wasn't a complete uh, oh, excellent. A complete bomb on the tourism front, but it's a really beautiful state. Mm. And the last one, what's your favorite restaurant in Lambertville? And we're choosing Lambertville because that's where the, the business is located. Wow. Okay, now that's probably the toughest one. Um, there's so many. Have you been to Lambertville, Doug? I, I have, and it's, it's a wonderful town and, and lots of great restaurants. Yeah, and then we have right across the bridge a sister city of New Hope, and I think I think between New Hope and Lambertville, there's something like 80 or 90 restaurants. Um, yeah. It seems ridiculously high, but it's not surprising. Yeah, so um, there's one that, that joined us in Lambertville not too long ago, uh, within the past year or two, called Under the Moon. Oh. Uh, it's a tapas, BYO, great ambiance, great food, nice people. So yeah, I think I think I'd have to go with Under the Moon if I'm if I'm pressed in this lightning round. Ah, well, under the moon, under the moon it is. Yep, check it out. I highly recommend it. All right. Well, congratulations. You've made it through the lightning round and, and the, the podcast interview. So I want to say thank you so much for, for joining us on Brave Business Triumphs. It's been a true pleasure speaking with you and, and learning about your, your business and your brand and how you're developing a, a specific community online. I think it's, it's fantastic and, and wish you all, all the best in, in moving forward and advancing uh, both components of, of your business. Likewise. Thank you so much, Doug. And, and thanks for taking it easy on me. This is, this is actually my very first podcast. So it's exciting. <laughs> oh, well, congratulations. Yeah. I, you, yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was a, a really good time speaking with you. And like you said earlier, it just felt like a conversation and, and not uh, an inquisition. And I, I want to end by thanking you for your attention to growing businesses. That's, uh, that's admirable of you and, and certainly much appreciated from the sense. So, oh, well, thank you. you.